Welcome. My name is Annie Fonte. I'm the host of the Badass Soul Seeking Warrior podcast. For the next several sessions, Katie Mallison, who is a functional nutrition expert, is going to be joining me to talk with you about topics such as keeping a food diary, what eating plan is appropriate for you, supplements, and a lot more. I know you're going to enjoy this, so find a nice spot where you can sit and listen to this expert who is so smart talk to you about your health and wellness. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. We are jumping on for our third in a series of discussions around eating plans and keeping a food diary. And the last one we did was talking about the holidays mm-hmm. and how we could manage ourselves through that. So my name is Annie Fonte. I'm one of the owners of Evolve Physical Therapy and Advanced Wellness, as well as I do a podcast called The Badass Soul Seeking Warrior. I'm happy to have Katie join us for our third in a series. She is a functional nutrition expert, and Katie Mallison is also the founder of Thrive Wellness 365. So welcome, Katie. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. We have quite a bit to tackle today. We're going to be talking about specific diet plans that exist out there. And before we go into the specifics of that, let's talk about New Year's resolutions, whether it's around food or other things. What are some of your thoughts about that, Katie? Um, well, you know, of course, it's this time of year where everybody's sitting at, sitting down and writing down the 50 things that they want to accomplish for this next year. And <laughs> with, with all good intentions. Um, but I will say, like, I mean, we, we want people to be successful in what it is that you're doing. And so if I could just provide a little bit of... Um, uh, advice to maybe create some pause yeah, here coaching. in this yeah. moment is before you jump onto the 2020 bandwagon, let's rewind and take a look at what happened in 2019. Like, what were the goals that you set out in the beginning of the year? How did you progress throughout the year? Did you have to recalibrate every month quarterly? Um, were there certain things that worked for you? Maybe that didn't work for you. And where do you, where did you feel like your strengths were? Where did you need, where were your weaknesses? Where did you need extra support? Um, I think folks, they could, if they, they reflect upon the prior year, they can take that, those learnings and then apply them to the the upcoming year. Yeah. It, it, it provides us with information that will give us well-informed choices to make in the new year. Some things don't work y'all. That's just how life goes. So let's make sure we eliminate those things and that we add to or experiment a little bit with some of the things that did work. Mm -hmm. And, 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 always, and be kind to yourself. Yes. You know, remember just because you set out in January and you want to accomplish hopefully not 50 things, you know, maybe it's five things or whatever that number is for you. But it's okay if at the end of Q1, you decide maybe this isn't serving me and you need to make an adjustment. That's okay. This is your life and you've got one shot at this. Exactly. So make it work for you. I just posted something on Instagram today. If if you want to really make a difference in the world, you want to do your part to make the world a better place, we have to start being grateful about what we already have, meet ourselves where we are. And when we look in the mirror at our own reflection, instead of criticizing what we see, we have to start complimenting it. Mm-hmm. Because, especially around this subject of eating and diet and our physique and whatnot, that can get a little sensitive. But you have to thank your body for all that it does for you because it does a lot all day, 724. You don't have to plug it in, you don't have to charge it up, you don't have to turn on a switch, nothing. And it's there for us, mm-hmm. 724. So let's remember that. 
Okay, before we jump into these very specific eating or diet plans, let's talk about food in general and how it it serves us individually. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of confusion around it. What's the best diet plan? How should I eat? Let's can let's yeah. clear that up a little bit. So I think what we need to do before we do the diet is, like you said, what does food do for us? Right. What what is how does food serve us? Um, food is information, right? We are giving our body information. We are also giving it the building blocks that it needs to provide um, for every bodily function, right? For your immune system to work, for you to be able to go run down the street, for think you clearly. to sleep well, think clearly. Yeah. So, I mean, if we think about every time that we put something into our mouth, we are either providing um, the right information, or we could be, be providing signals that, you know, we're in a high stress environment. There's a lot of sugar. Um, we are getting ready to go into battle. And so we have to be very cognizant of that. Right. Um, and there's a, uh, a founding father of the of functional medicine who says that every time you are eating, you are either feeding or fighting disease. Right. So that's really important. Like your fork is one of the most influential things in your life. Right. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different ways that food serves the body. I mean, like for you, I mean, we've talked about this right. in the past, like food is fuel. Right. And I, <laughs> and I, and I'm not like everyone out there. Uh, and I know that, and that's okay with me, but I don't really even care if food tastes good. <laughs> as long as my body feels good when I ingest it and, and go through the digestion process, if I feel vibrant and alive and like I'm thriving, I'll eat just about anything. Mm -hmm. I don't really care what it tastes like. Other people, it's the flavor that really is the thing that entices them. So there's ways around that though. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious, but we're going to talk about these specific eating plans here in a second, but how do you know? Because we're all so different. What works for you may not work as well for me mm -hmm. and what works well for me may not work well for the next person. How do you, how do you know that? How do you yeah. start to figure that out? So, I mean, we talked about this in the first, in the first series or the first um, uh, podcast, keeping a food journal yeah. is huge yes. because to store all of that upstairs can get overwhelming because how many times are we eating a day? I mean, some folks, they do yeah. some time-restricted eating. They have two meals a day, and that's pretty easy to remember. But when you're trying to remember a week ago, and you're reflecting that, wow, you've had low energy this week, it's hard to really kind of pinpoint where these things are coming from. Right. So keeping that food diary and tracking how that food is making you feel, or actually, you don't even have to say how that specific meal made you feel. It's how do you feel throughout the day alongside your food plan. Right. And I think the big thing that it assists with it, when I was doing a food diary, it, it helped me a lot. The, it helped me be really mindful instead mm -hmm. of just grabbing a little snack or a little piece of candy or whatever. I thought about, okay, do I really want to put this in my body because I'm mm -hmm. going to need to write it down? And so it, it helped me with that. Good, good. Yeah, I, I love food journals. I personally use them. I don't use them all of the time, right. um, but it's really good in my opinion to check in yes. and just make that, um, bring that awareness. Because even as a nutritionist, I think yeah. sometimes like I'm hyper aware of what it is that I'm putting in my body. And then I wonder why I, you know, bonk halfway through a run. Well, if I go back, I can see, oh, it's because I was super low carb for four days. And this is why I can't run 15 miles, you know? 
It, it provides a lot of information, that's for sure. Okay, Katie, so we're going to talk about five specific diet mm -hmm. plans that are out there in the world today and kind of break those down a little bit. Let's start with the keto diet. Yes. Tell us about that. Is what's what's what are the pros and cons of it? We'll talk about the the next four this the same way too. But let's talk about keto first. Okay. So the ketogenic diet is a very popular diet right now. Yes. There's the ketogenic diet, and there's also something similar called high fat, low carb. Right. Right. They are not necessarily the same. Right. So a ketogenic diet, a true ketogenic diet, is about I would say eighty to ninety percent of your calories are coming from fat. Right. So very high fat diet. Um, there's some mixed data around, you know, the support for um, neurological standpoint. Right. Um, some, uh, I look at a ketogenic diet as a therapeutic diet. I will use it with a, a very uh, small set of the subset of the population where it's indicated. And so we're looking at their health history, where they are now, what's the status of their gut microbiome, um, and their overall health picture. Because you have to remember, every time we get into these diets that are restrictive, Right, so if we're taking eighty to ninety percent of our calories from fat. That means you know twenty to ten yeah. percent of your calories are coming protein from fat, yeah, yeah. I mean, protein and carbohydrates. And so what happens when you do that is you're limiting nutrients, right? So it's a restrictive diet, and so we want to make sure. I mean, ideally that we're getting a broad spectrum. So I personally use a ketogenic diet with some patients as a therapeutic tool, usually for a period of time, and then we cycle off of it, and then we find something that's more. Um, uh, long-term. And I think one of the dangers of the keto diet for some people, and this is all about informing yourself, is, oh good, I can eat 80% fat. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what does that mean? I can eat all the bacon. That's exactly. Uh -huh. And and so I think we can get ourselves in the ditch when we don't um, provide ourselves with all the information going into these specific diets mm -hmm. that we need. And so that's why we want to have this conversation today. All right, now let's talk a little bit about intermittent fasting. I've had some folks around me that have done really well in this particular um, eating plan. Explain to our listeners and to our viewers, what is intermittent, fa intermittent fasting? How does it work and what serves people well when they use it and what are some of the things that can be dangerous about it? Uh, so I think intermittent fasting can be a great tool. There's a lot of good data out there behind fasting and reducing caloric intake in general, right? And we can get into the, the benefits that, um, you know, there's, there's some data that shows that it helps improve longevity. You have these end caps on your DNA uh, without getting into too much detail and without um, offending any geneticists the out there. The, the telomeres, absolutely. Like there's some data there that it can actually help buffer the breakdown of DNA um, by, re by reducing your intake. And so there's two po very popular types of intermittent fasting. One's called the 16-8, which is where you restrict your food for uh, into an eight-hour window and you fast for 16 hours. So typically folks will either have, you know, lunch and dinner or, you know, breakfast and lunch, something around there, and then they're fasting the rest of the time. Uh, the other type of fast that a lot of folks will do is called a 5-2 diet, and that's where they eat normal for five days, and then for two days, usually non-consecutive, uh, they take their calories down to about five to 800 calories a day. Okay. Um, and during the eating time, when, when people are eating for these eat eight hours, is the sky's the limit no. or because no, no. that's another thing it's like the keto diet yay all this fat yeah. intermittent fast oh i can eat anything i no, want for eight hours a day right so it let's, is let's clear some of the myth up around that yeah it is not mcdonald's and yeah. pizza and hamburgers I mean, it's, 
it's whole foods. It's eating your, the rainbow. So that's with any diet plan. We want as many colors as we can in there. And you know, it's, it's eating sweet potatoes and tubers and legumes and, and all of those good things and good quality proteins. So it's still eating um, the right foods. Because remember, it's information for your body. It's the building blocks for your immune system, your bones, your everything, yes. your brain. Um, so it is still a, a sensible diet. You know, okay. uh, it's just restricted. All right. Okay. Now I've heard a lot in the past. I haven't heard as much about it recently, but it was kind of a big thing for a while. Gluten-free. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? And who is it appropriate for? So gluten-free is of course appropriate for celiac. If you have celiac disease, then that means that you actually- And how does someone know if they have it? Um, there's testing that can be done. So Often they'll go in and they'll do an endoscopy and do a biopsy of the intestines. There's some blood tests that can be done. However, they are wildly inaccurate. So in order to get an accurate reading. That's big, wildly inaccurate. Yes, in order to get an accurate reading, you actually have to consume gluten. I believe it's for seven, at least a minimum of seven days every day. Uh, and then they do the testing, the blood testing to get the antibodies responding or um, to get the antibodies up and to to see the reaction in the intestines. Well, you can imagine if someone has celiac disease, that can be detrimental. Yeah. It can take them over a year to recover from it. those seven days. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so that's not the best way that's to right. test. Um, so what I, what I have folks do is if I suspect that there is an intolerance, remember an intoler intolerance is not an allergy. You could actually not be allergic to something but still have some digestive upset for a lot of different reasons. And it could be digestive, it could also be brain fog, it could right. be joints. Um, so what the, the best thing that we can do is we can actually do an elimination diet. So you pull the food out for 21 days and see if their symptoms improve. Now, if I suspect that there might be something like celiac disease, I'm probably not going to have them reintroduce gluten right. because that could be detri detrimental right. to them. Now, if it's somebody who I just suspect there might be an intolerance, I may. I mean, it depends on the person and where they are and what their whole health picture is. And do you generally, when you're pulling out uh, uh, one of these gluten uh, elements. Do you say no bread? Do you say no pasta? What what do you pull out generally? That's a good question. Um, so it's any wheat containing product that is wheat, that's barley, that's rye, um, that could be some oats because there's cross contamination yeah. often with oats. So I usually recommend um, that folks look for products that state gluten free if they are having those types of uh, processed foods like a pasta or a bread. What I really like people to do and makes it a lot easier for them is if you just stick to foods that naturally do not contain gluten. So for those 21 days, let's focus on legumes and you know sweet potatoes and zucchini noodles, things that you don't have to worry about if there's cross-contamination. Keep it clean. Yes, right? keep it clean. Speaking of keeping it clean, let's talk about plant-based diets. Yes. I like those. I love, I mean, I love plant-based diets and that word, plant-based, it can mean so many things to so many people. Right. So there's, yeah, there are some folks that. that think plant-based is vegan, but there are other folks that say plant-based is just a diet that's high in vegetables. I personally tend to lean towards the, uh, the right. latter. Yeah. I mean, I do think that we should all be eating a lot of vegetables, a lot of plants, a lot of different colors. Um, you know, Mark Hyman, Dr. Mark Hyman, who uh, is associated with the Institute for Functional Medicine, 
um, he developed what's called a pegan diet. He calls it the paleo vegan diet. And this is where your plate is 90%, 80 to 90% plants. And that doesn't mean greens. It means it could be greens, it could be sweet potato, it could be legumes, it could be anything that's not an animal. And then the protein is just more like a condiment. Um, and so that could be a place to start. Yeah. Uh, I, it depends on the person. It's always going to depend on the person. If we've got an athlete, we'll probably kick up their protein a little bit more right. um, into higher ranges. But that's a good place to start is, you know, when I'm at home and I'm preparing dinner, I usually do double vegetables. And then depending on the day, I will throw in starches or, car or different types of carbohydrates and then the proteins. Yep. You know, yeah. um, that's where I like to start. Let's talk about the old plate. Okay. And how much goes on it and the size of the plate. Yes. Because oftentimes I've seen people in the past say, yeah, I put, I, I get a plate out and I put half of its veggies and good things that I think are good for me. And then I have my meat and whatnot. But the plate is like a platter, you all. So <laughs> let's talk about serving size, plate size. Mm -hmm those types of things. I think that's important for us to kind of revisit mm -hmm. here. So you're right. Plate size is also wild or very wildly. Um, I personally like to recommend that folks get the, the, the size of a plate that's just a little bit smaller than the standard. So it's not quite that snack size plate, um, but it's not quite the full dinner plate. And then that it's a medium sized plate. And then when we're thinking about the vegetables on that, I mean, the vegetables really should cover at least half of it. Yes right? At least half of it. And it doesn't have to be half a plate of broccoli. It can be broccoli and it can be all kinds of, some salad and some tomatoes in there and some cucumbers. Yeah, just think about, a, think about a salad. When you right. load the salad onto the plate, as long as we're not loading on the cheese and the, the nuts and the dressings and all of these things, right. those are good and we don't need to overdo it. We don't need a half a cup of dressing on our salad. Uh, but so we really do want a large proportion of, of salad or um, uh, vegetables. I like folks to focus on getting at least three different colors per right. meal, per yeah. meal. So I, I am a big pusher of color. I, like <laughs> so I just, I, purple is one of the most underrepresented colors in people's diets. Right. So any opportunity, purple cabbage, beets, um, even berries, you could put berries mm -hmm. on a salad, uh, really purple good. Potatoes. Absolutely, yeah. purple sweet potatoes too. Mm -hmm. um, so focusing on color, and then when we're looking at our proteins, I usually have folks start with the palm of their hand. Um, you can get something about the size of the palm of your hand or even start with half of that, um, depending on what it is that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. But usually leaner meats is where I'll push people to start and then we see what works well for their body. Speaking of the palm of our hands, is, it, is there any truth to the size of our stomach is generally about the size of our fist? You know, I have heard that. I do not know the answer we don't, to that. We'll find that out. <laughs> I do not know that answer. We're going to find that out because if that's the case and you make a fist, that's not that's not very big, really. Yeah. And when we eat two fistfuls of food at the same time, that's when our tummy gets a little stretched out. So we're going to find that out and get back to you. <laughs> All right, let's move on to vegan diets. Tell, let's talk about vegan diets. Yes. Um, so again, I, I actually put the vegan diet and I'll put the, the ketogenic diet right next to each other. I do want to circle back to the high fat, low carb diet because that is different than keto. Um, but we'll say vegan and keto diet. So a vegan diet is 100% plant-based, right? There's zero animal products, including honey. Um, and they, just as like the, keto, just like the ketogenic diet, there's an opportunity for nutrient deficiencies here. Okay. Because anytime you restrict 
a diet significantly. We do it at the cost of other nutrients, right? right? So I do think somebody could be vegan and be healthy. Absolutely. Um, just like I do think some people could be on a keto diet and be healthy. Absolutely. It's just that we have to be very mindful of what it is that we're putting in our body and that they're whole foods. We're not focused on the, the, the processed foods. And, right. you know, cause that's big, that could, that could be, um, an issue that I've seen with, with vegans is that we either load our plate with all these processed foods right. and how is that good for you? That's yeah. not what they, they're, a lot of folks move over to a vegan diet because they're thinking about their health. And so, um, or ethical reasons, right. right? So we need to make sure that we're getting adequate protein in. That's always, a, that's usually one of the top things we're looking at, right? Are they getting enough of all of the amino acids? Because mm -hmm. you could still have a, a plant-based protein, but it may be deficient in certain amino acids. So how can we make sure that we bring in other foods to shore up those differences? Um, so again, it has to be, uh, I would really dial it in. Okay. Um, for folks or with any of these diets though, I know that social media is much more popular or much more impactful than the science. It just is, yep. right? We listen to what it, you know, somebody who we haven't even met, but they have a million followers because they must know what they're talking about, or this is the big hype. I really caution folks to, if you want to experiment with a diet, um, a few things. One, if you have a health condition, please talk to your doctor, speak with a nutritionist, speak with a dietitian, speak with a healthcare professional so that you're doing it right and you're not actually pushing yourself down the wrong path, right? Okay. Um, the second thing is give it a trial. Try it for 30 days, try it for 60 days. If it's not working, try something else. Yes. Don't get so caught up in something because it's working for somebody else and it has to work for you. Because you know what, Annie and I are not the same person. Right. We shouldn't be eating the same diet. Even though it, your, your stuff sounds really good to me. <laughs> you cook for me anytime. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's an important right. Like We have to make sure that we're not married to anything. Right. right. And speaking of that, let's talk about diet plans for different age groups, mm -hmm. diet plans for men and women, mm -hmm. diet plans if you really have the intention and need to actually, actually need to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about those things. Different age groups male versus female, and if we're eating to lose weight. Okay, um, so different age groups. So as we get older, so let's talk about women, as we age, we do start to become a little bit more sensitive to carbohydrates. So that does not mean that we do not eat carbohydrates. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that we all jump on the high fat, low carb bandwagon. It just means that we have to be more mindful about the types of carbohydrates that we're right. putting in. It means that we're not picking up the pastries, the donuts, and all the breads. We're still putting in sweet potatoes. I probably talked about, you always hear me talk about sweet potatoes because they're one of my favorite foods in the world. Well, um, they're so good for They're you. so good. Okay. And there's so many different varieties, but it's, you know, we have to be mindful about those carbohydrates that we're putting. Some squashes, uh, spaghetti squash, zucchini squash, uh, quinoa, brown rice. Like we can still have those things as we age. We just have to be mindful that we're not overdoing it. We don't need a diet that's 70% carbohydrates or probably not even 50 to 60% depending unless you're an athlete. Um, so we'll be aware of that. Um, obviously younger um, uh, populations, you know, if they're in childbearing years, we need to be mindful of, you know, the broad spectrum of right. foods that we're putting in um, those different colors. But the other population that I would talk about is that active population. Okay. So doesn't mean you have to be an elite athlete by any means, but right. the active population, right? Even we'll put in 
weight loss in here, okay. right? We have an obese population. Yeah. We have a population that is moving more. So we need to make sure that we are actually feeding the body when we're moving, right? Right. So movement is not a punishment for what we've eaten, right? Right. Movement is something that we're doing so that we can strengthen our body, build strong bones, and so that we can feel good. That's important to hear you guys. Movement and exercise is not a punishment and you should not look at it like that. Yeah. And so what I often see is with athletes who can get kind of uh, distorted around body right. image yeah. or even a, an overweight person, sure. um, we restrict calories yes. too much. We yeah. restrict them before our exercise. We restrict them after our exercise. And so it puts our body into this catabolic state. Yeah. And so a catabolic state, we're breaking down, mm -hmm. right? And so if, imagine if your body is, is constantly restricted, it's going into this catabolic state and it's going into fight or flight. And so it's yeah. saying, I need to conserve. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on to everything. Yeah. And so instead, what you have to do is you have to fuel yourself. You have to put enough in the tank in order to be able to actually lose weight. Right. And so if we have somebody who's overweight or, you know, even that athlete will say, um, you have to feed them before the meal. And you have to feed them after the meal. That becomes really critical. Before the exercise and before, after the exercise. You're right. So I apologize. I before said that wrong. Before a meal and after a meal. Yes, just keep, eating. Time. just keep eating. No, no, before exercise right. and then after okay. exercise. Because we're telling the body that there is adequate nutrition there. Um, and you don't need, you can stop that catabolic state. Now, for that person who is overweight and we actually need to worry about, you know, dropping the calories and, and losing weight, we could still put them in a daily caloric deficit but we will make sure that we're fueling them um, around their movement so right. that we're not telling the body that it has to go into fight or flight. Yeah, you gotta stoke the fire. Mm -hmm. And that, you, could, you can apply that same methodology to a male. Um, you know, I see a lot of weight loss, right? That's just very, people are always interested in weight loss. Sure. And so the way they do this, they often put themselves on these very restrictive diets and then they go into that catabolic state and then they wonder, why am I not losing weight? Well, one, you're probably not eating enough. Right. Right. And then two, you're not eating at the right times. Right. Or they'll go on those liquid diets and they'll lose a bunch of weight. And then they get to their ideal weight. And six months later, they've gained all their weight back and mm -hmm. maybe even more. Those aren't good no, things. They're either. not good. I'm not a big fan of those liquid diets, those liquid fast cleanses or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, we will have to do a podcast on cleanses. Yeah at some point, because um, I think Absolutely. it's very important, especially as we move into spring. Okay, before we wrap up here, another thing I would like to address, because I know there's a lot of folks out there that are parents or grandparents or have nieces and nephews in their lives. And what's the best way to make sure the little ones don't get hooked on sugar so young? Because then they crave it and they always want a cookie or a candy bar or a popsicle or something mm -hmm. right and what do we do we give it to them so they won't scream and yell and throw a fit i know so uh, what's the best way to get little ones in a really good eating behavior before they get hooked on sugar yeah um, you know i think part of it is if we can get them involved young yes right get them involved in the kitchen Get, in, get them involved in the grocery shopping. Yep. Um, I have a handout actually, I have two different handouts. They're um, a phytonutrient spectrum handout. So it's all the different colors of the rainbows and different foods that are associated with those colors. And there's one for children too, where they can look at that yeah. and they can circle and then they can keep track of how, you know, what colors they've eaten. So you can actually make it a game for a child yeah. 
of, did we have something red today? We did it. Okay, let's go to the store and let's find something red or let's go in the fridge and let's find yeah. something red. Um, I used to teach cooking classes to children oh, in wow. the local school district. <laughs> and that was always fun because we would have kids eating eggplant, you know, who would think that a seven-year-old would eat an eggplant. But if you get kids curious about it, um, they're more willing yep. and more open, yep. you know, and making sure that you have whole foods on hand, you know, fresh fruits, not overdoing the fruits, but vegetables too. Mm -hmm. um, and even lean proteins, kids like avocado and, and eggs, right. you know, yeah. that's okay. Absolutely. And I, and I find myself when I start eating really clean, I get really addicted. It's probably too strong of a word, but I get really, um, so I crave healthy things. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm a, I'm a car. I'd rather eat a bowl of pasta than a candy bar any day. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of that I'm a savory person, not a sweet person. So mm -hmm. I'm probably fortunate that way. But when you get used to eating this, your system wants that, wants more of that. Yeah. And your body craves that. And when you become more in tune with how food makes your body feel, you start to crave eating healthy food, right? Like I get so excited when it's broccoli night. Yeah. And I mean, I have to be careful because I'll eat broccoli every day. But, you know, it's just mm -hmm. one of my favorite foods, but it's like your body wants it because I know that that's going to help me later, you know, later on in the day or down yeah. the week, or even, you know, this is the foundation that we're building for as we, you know, for when we get older, yeah. as we turn 60 and 70 right. and 80, like we're building it now. That's so important to remember too, because when we get older, if we've not taken care of ourselves across all domains of our life in the years leading up to when we enter our 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, that's when we start to get in trouble because all that adds up. So we have to keep that in mind yeah. as we're, you know, start, start early. It's like saving money. The earlier you start, the more you're going to have. Compounding interest, right. right? It's like compounding interest in your health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And food is the most powerful drug. It's the most powerful thing, really, we can do for ourselves from a health standpoint. Yes. So before we move on, I do want to circle okay. to the high fat, low carb, because this is the second one that it often gets misconfused. Uh, uh, with the ketogenic diet. Okay. Okay. So high fat, low carb is when a larger proportion of your calories are coming from fat, right? And so I'm sure you remember like in the nineties, maybe even the eighties and mostly the nineties where it was really low fat, right? Super low fat. And we yes. had all these, um, instead of having consuming fat, we were consuming sugar. Yeah. So in order to get the flavor, people were infusing sugar into the foods. Right. And then of course, you know, the advent of all these packaged foods, people were consuming more sugar. So what the media has taken away from that is th there has been research that says, you know, all this sugar is not good for that. So what do we do instead? We swing in the opposite direction because yeah. we like to be extremists. And we say, <laughs> if no sugar, let's get rid of all of the sugar and that we were low, low fat, high sugar. The opposite must be better. So more must be better. Well, that's not true. We low fat, just because low fat doesn't work, doesn't mean that high fat is the answer. Yeah. Like we have to be sensible about this. Yes. Um, if we want to make sure that we're getting the right protein, the right amount of protein to support our um, movement patterns, to support our cognitive function, um, we have to be cognizant of what it is that we're putting in the body and how, what that looks like, what balance that looks like. So Fats are important to us. We know that they're important for brain health. They're important for um, your hormones. They're important for the cell membrane. And metabolism to work. Absolutely. Yeah. They're very important, but that doesn't mean that we have to, you know, swing the pendulum and go from 
85% of our calories being fat to now 60 to 70%. Mm -hmm. So typically where I will start somebody is I'll normally start them depending on their, um, their uh, athletics or movement, um, usually on a 40, 30, 30. And so that's 40% carbohydrate, 30% protein, 30% um, fat. That's where we'll start. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then we'll kind of titrate from there. Some folks, they need to be, you know, they're, they're highly active. They need to be in the, uh, the 50 to 65% range for carbohydrates, protein a little bit higher, maybe protein stays around 30%, and then the fats come off a little bit. It just depends. Right. Um, but of course, if you are doing a higher fat type diet, or you just have, you know, 25 to 30% of your calories coming from fat, make sure that they're good sources. Right. Avocado and olive oil and nuts and seeds. Um, there's a lot, or eggs really good mm -hmm. sources of fat, it does not mean that we start our day with bulletproof coffee of a highly <laughs> processed fat in our, in our coffee. Right. There is a time and a place for MCT oil. There is good data on how it repairs the gut and there's good data that shows you know, its effect on cognitive function for a subset of the population. Right. Now we are gonna talk next week on supplements right. and how different populations are impacted um, by different nutrients, but that's a big, that's a big takeaway is people have to be aware of what the data is, who the population it was done on, and are the claims, are people extrapolating? Are they saying that, you know, because if we did a study on an obese population and you're trying to extrapolate onto a healthy individual, you can't. Right. You actually can't. So we need to be aware of that. That's and my rant. We can get, <laughs> yes, and we will have a few rant, rants and that's okay. And the other thing was some of these trendy things, bulletproof coffee, keto diets, those kinds of things. A lot of times there's someone that their main objective really is to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So they're after your pocketbook. And um, that's why we want to sit down and give you good information so you can be well informed about how to go out and make good choices for yourself. Okay, Katie, let's wrap this up. What yes. are kind of the three takeaways today? Okay. Three or four takeaways for today. Um, so first thing first, track your food. Track you want to know what works for you, track your food, track how you feel. Biggest thing. Um, the second thing is make sure that you're eating enough. Remember, you know, January is the biggest time where people say, I want to lose weight or I want to get stronger. I want to get faster. You have to eat to support every single one of those goals. Right. Getting faster, you need to eat. To lose weight, you need to eat. eat. Right. Um, the third thing I would say is that if something isn't working for you, stop doing it. Right. And remember, you are a very unique individual. What works for you is not, may not work for the next person and so forth. So make sure that you honor yourself and what works for your body, okay? Exactly. And then last but not least is remember, social media is not science. <laughs> it's not science, but don't be afraid that when somebody posts something on social media about a diet or you read an article on uh, Reddit or whatever those, you know, some of the other sites are, follow the path mm -hmm. and see what sources they're citing. Yes. You know, often I've seen that um, even in, in respected, you know, high following social media accounts where they may misquote a study. Yes. And if you follow that path, they're quoting a study in a mouse model. Well, we're not mice, you know, right. and our bodies are not the same. Right. So make sure that you're not getting trapped in their, their desire to make money. Yes. And you're following that path. So take exactly. some ownership in, in your health. Yeah. That's, it's, like I said last time or the time before we talked, there's not yet, and I'm thinking there probably won't be, this place out there called Bodies Are Us. 
So if you don't like this one or it breaks down somehow, you can just go buy a new one. That's not how it works. It's not like a car, right? It's not a knee replacement. <laughs> we, have, we have to take really, really good care of ourselves. And the best way to do it is to figure out the best eating plan for your individual self. Right? Yes. Okay. Now, we are happy to answer any questions you have. We're happy also to cover topics that you would like to learn more about. Put it in the comments. If you have questions for Katie or myself, or you have a topic that you want to learn more about, we'll do the, we'll do the legwork and we'll show up here as often as it takes to get you good information and to answer your questions and to make sure you have enough knowledge moving forward that you can take really good care of yourselves, right? Yep, absolutely. We'll do, we'll do the job, happy to do it. In the meantime, you guys have a kick-ass week. We'll talk to you next week. We're gonna talk about supplements. If you have any specific questions about that, shoot them to us in, beforehand so we can come with all the answers. We're gonna find out if our tummy is any bigger than our fist. And <laughs> we'll see you again next week for another great conversation about taking good care of ourselves and the food and eating plans that we choose. Take care. Thank Bye -bye. you. Okay, I thought that was...